coming to you from the Philadelphia area. This is the Westchester Church Podcast. Check us out at westchestercfc.com. Westchestercfc.com. Our identity is a very sacred thing. It is the conscious and deliberate embrace of being who we truly are as people. We need to understand that as Jesus took our sins to the cross, that he was showing us, this is how much I love you. This is how much each and every single one of you are worth to me. And as we hear this good news, and as we come up out of the waters of baptism, and as we lift up the cross of self-denial every day, now this becomes our self-worth. And we take on a new identity as what we are in the eyes of Jesus. But we've got an adversary We've got adversity in the world that is working in such a way in our lives that is trying to convince us that we are something so much less than that. So this morning, I want to begin a series of messages that will take us through these next six messages, and I'm entitling it, Who We Are. And this is all about us understanding who we truly are Because of Jesus. And in everything that we are now in the process of becoming as a result. Psalm 95 and verse 6. It is a psalm of David that is not credited to King David until the Hebrew writer makes reference to it later on. But Psalm 95 is is a song of David. And it says in verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. And we are, we are the people of his pasture. And we are the sheep of his hen. Whenever Israel sang this song, They were reminding themselves of who God is. And the beautiful thing about when the people of God do this is that when we call our attention to the identity of God, we are calling just as much attention to our own identity as to who we are as a result of that. That because he is the living God who who we are to worship and bow down before, this God who rescues us and guides us and who provides for us lavishly, we take on the form of sheep in his pasture. Sheep have always been a dominant analogy that is used in description of who the people of God are. In the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, we see the people of God undergo this radical identity change, where they go from being Egyptian slaves to being wanderers who are being led about in a wilderness by a shepherd named Moses. 
Then in the New Testament, Jesus arrives and, and Jesus refers to himself. He, he identifies himself as the good shepherd. And he identifies his followers as his sheep. And so Jesus then, in the book of John, is seen and he is portrayed as the new Moses. But not only is sheep an analogy Mainly and predominantly, sheep is a synonym of Christian. John chapter 10 and verse 9, Jesus says that, that I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, then he will be saved and will go in and out and find his pasture. Verse 27, what he says is, my sheep hear my voice. And I know my sheep. And my sheep follow after me. I think there are a lot of reasons why God the Father and God the Son over and over again refer to us as his sheep. I believe that he does so because sheep are, are creatures that are known for their gentleness. And I know, I know, I know, we would so much rather God refer to us as his lions or his jaguars or his sharks, something, something that is strong and that is um, aggressive and tough. But when Jesus describes what his followers are like, Jesus doesn't invite us to be just a bunch of other predators among all the other predators in the world. He likens us to these cute little harmless sheep who are at peace with all the other sheep in the pasture. And the one who is gentle and who's humble in heart says, blessed are those who are gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. He says, blessed are those who are makers of peace in the world, for they shall be called daughters and sons of the living God. He refers to us as sheep because of our gentleness, but, but we also have our flaws, don't we? Sheep can be very stubborn creatures of habits. I'll never forget many years ago, I knew a family where I grew up in Arizona who had all of these exotic animals. They had emus and llamas and camels. And I oftentimes each week would, would assist them as they had given them what they were going to eat for the night. And they also had quite a few sheep. And I'll never forget how they had this one particular sheep who who whenever I would see it just about, it would get a running start as it saw me, and it, it would ram its head into the wall. And it would get a running start, and it would ram. It would just keep ramming over and over and over again, expecting a different result every time, I guess. And yet that picture has never left my mind because it is such, such a perfect analogy of our struggle sometimes in the flesh. Where Christians say that, that I can worship Jesus and I can worship my possessions. Or I can serve Jesus and I can maintain a pornography addiction. That I can love Jesus, but I can also hate certain kinds of people in the world. And what we do over and over and over again in our struggle in the flesh is we're just stubbornly and relentlessly ramming our head against the wall, expecting a different result. There are a lot of people who say that sheep are stupid. 
I wouldn't necessarily say that sheep are stupid. Sheep just happen to take a very long time for them to really grasp new things. I think that's all it is. I mean, how many times do we see Jesus speaking to his disciples and he says, do you still not understand what my kingdom is all about after all this time? We all remember how Jesus feeds 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And then a very short time later, there is a smaller multitude of about 4,000. And what the disciples say to Jesus is, Lord, how will we ever feed all of these people? Jesus is looking at them like, are you guys serious? I fed 5,000 people. I mean, that was like last week when I did that. I mean, Jesus is just about to ascend to the right hand of the Father, and he's shown what his kingdom is all about. He's he said with his own lips that my kingdom is not of this world, but, but his disciples, as Jesus has one foot off the ground and he's about to vanish into the clouds, what they're asking him is, Lord, will you restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? And Jesus is like, you can't be serious. And yet slowly but surely, they begin to understand about his resurrection and about his kingdom. And slowly but surely, they begin to all perceive and to change. And you see, that's not just the apostle story, that is also our story. Where there is so much that, that we still have not fully grasped about Jesus. If we continue being the sheep of his pasture we will begin to change too. And Jesus calls us his sheep because sheep are prone to panicking sometimes. You know, many times a herd of sheep can just see a bunny jump out from a bush and the whole entire herd can just run for their lives in the opposite direction. And yet, having said that, though, there are real hazards and dangers out there. And a sheep knows, as well as its shepherd, that there is a world of wolves and, and snakes and bears out there. And a sheep is said to be so relentlessly restless with anxiety that, that they won't even sleep until they're absolutely sure that it is safe where they are. You and I are, are surrounded by all kinds of hazards and um, dangers as well, aren't we? We're living in a time where just to go to the store or to work or to a worship service can unexpectedly put us into a war zone environment. I was reading about something that happened in Turkey in 2005 where shepherds were having breakfast and they turned the blind eye to their sheep just long enough for one of those sheep to wander close enough to a cliff that, that it had fallen and plummeted 49 feet to its death. And what then ensued is that the 1,500 other sheep could not see beyond all the other sheep ahead of them and they were being pushed forward by all of the sheep behind them. And they stampeded 49 feet after the other sheep. And it reminds me so much of what we read in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. 
where we see Jesus going throughout cities and villages speaking and, and he's revealing what the kingdom of heaven is to people. And it says there that when he saw the crowds, Jesus had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus saw how restless they were with the burdens of life with a corrupt religious system under Roman occupation. And Jesus feels their sadness. And he's overwhelmed with compassion, recognizing that they were just like sheep without a shepherd. And just as easily, we also will be made to feel restless in this world. We won't know where we're going sometimes. And this is why Jesus says that, that my sheep hear my voice and they follow after me. Sheep is a synonym for Christian. And yet, really the problem is, is that we are living in a culture where that word sheep has become a slur. One year ago, just as the first wave of COVID-19 deaths were beginning to surge, there was a woman at a Trader Joe's in California who made the news. And I just want to play what she had been saying to all the people she was approaching. Look at all of these sheep that are here, all wearing this mask. It's actually dangerous for them, and it's doing nothing for them. A 99% survival rate, and you're all wearing masks like sheep. Like sheep, seriously. I should have the right to not wear a mask in America. I have the right to not wear a mask in America because I'm an American citizen. Okay? No, no. Yeah, exactly. So quit trying to follow, quit following like sheep. That's fine. Perfect. The police are on the way. Bring it. Bring it. I am. I will. I have no problem with it. Quit being sheep. Now, in so many other words, what I hear this woman saying to these strangers is you need to think for yourself that you should never just blindly accept everything that you hear on the news as being true. And just let me say that there is some elements of truth to this. We absolutely do need to think for ourselves. And we should never accept everything that we happen to hear as being the truth. That's true enough. And yet everything that this woman is saying is being parroted from political talk radio and is being blindly accepted as being the truth. <laughs> and after this had happened last year on social media, Amanda and I were beginning to see Christian after Christian after Christian beginning to use this same kind of language. Where about all kinds of different matters and topics, they were saying, don't be a sheep. Or you're a bunch of sheep if you think this. Or you're, you're a sheep if you say that. And I fear that our perception as Christians of that word sheep is beginning to be drowned out by the world. And by the news. Where we are becoming a society where that word sheep is now a shaming mechanism that we use to call a person weak or stupid who doesn't agree with our strong opinion. 
because after all in this world it's not those who care more about the interests of others than their own it's about looking out for me myself and i at all times and so the mindset has shifted to now become don't be a sheep be a wolf be a piranha and consequently the american perception of who jesus is has radically been distorted from Jesus the gentle shepherd to the Rambo machine gun Jesus who has a bullet necklace who is ready to blow all weaklings to kingdom come. I believe that one of the main reasons why so many people will never follow after Jesus is because it means saying, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, our shepherd. And we are the sheep of his pasture. It means saying to Jesus and praying to Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I have failed and I need you to come in and to rescue me. It means saying to Jesus that, that it's not that you need to change and become like me, but Actually, I need to change and become just like you. And so we see that it really all comes down to who we are looking to for truth. And who we are looking to for our guidance. So what I want to say to us this morning is we need to choose our shepherds wisely. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 15 on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. There were many self-proclaimed messiahs living in this time in this first century world. You had Judas bar Hezekiah, you had Athenges and Simon of Perea and a man whose name had been Thutis. Men who were leading violent insurrectionist revolts against King Herod and who killed some Romans. One of them had abandoned his so-called sheep and his followers as they were being killed by, by Roman officers. And this is why Jesus says in John chapter 10 that the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And just as easily, there are many rival voices that are crying out to the people of God of today. Men and women who are claiming to be the exclusive sources of truth, who are purporting to have all of the answers, who are suggesting that the only way that we can have peace is by supporting and agreeing with everything that they say unconditionally. And the scary thing is, is that they often use religious language and phraseology. They hold Bibles and they masquerade as being holy men and holy women. And yet Jesus says that they are rabid wolves in sheep's clothing. Sometimes they are preachers. Sometimes they are politicians. Sometimes they're news anchors. But Jesus says that you will know them by their fruits. It will become very clear that they are earthly minded in their approach, that they're self-serving, that all they want is your power, your money, or to have fame. They become very violent 
they vilify the outsider or the other. And yet listen to what Jesus says, though, in John chapter 10 about the kind of shepherd that, that he is, though, in contrast. In verse 3, Jesus says that the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He says in verse 10 that the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy, but I have come that they might have life, and that they might have it abundantly. And then he says, because all of this is true, this means that, that I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Verse 28, he says that I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will be able to snatch them from out of my hand. And so we see how drastic a contrast this really is. How in this world, it's only those who are wealthy and powerful who truly matter. And yet what Jesus says to us in the pages of Scripture is that even if one of Jesus' sheep happens to wander off and becomes lost, he will leave the 99 moving heaven and earth in order to, to search until he has found that sheep. And once again, what Jesus is showing us is this is how special this is how utterly irreplaceable each and every single one of us are to him. False shepherds don't care if we live or die. They will never even know what our names are. And yet the good shepherd calls each and every single one of us by our names. Abraham, Abraham. Moses, Moses. Simon, Simon. Martha, Martha. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. And yet the good shepherd lays down his very life for his sheep. And it is the most greatest confirmation of all that he is the good shepherd. You see, he's the good shepherd. Because he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 53 that like a lamb, he was led to the slaughter for us. Jesus isn't just merely the new Moses. He's the new David too. You see, Jesus is the shepherd of sheep who became the shepherd of God's people, of God's church. And so we see that really Psalm 23 is about Jesus. Where it says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for my shepherd, Jesus, is with me. His rod and his staff comforts me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil and my cup overflows. And now we can say that surely goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord, my shepherd Jesus, forever. I want us to pay very close attention to the voices that we are devouring this week. 
at those voices that we are mimicking and parroting to other people as our oracles of truth. And that's because whoever those voices happen to be, those are the voices that are shepherding us. Those are the voices that are forming our souls. And where the people of God have always gone wrong is when they have searched for their identity and all of these other competing voices and kingdoms and nations of this world. Whenever we have gone that direction as a people of God, whether Israel or we ourselves as a church, this is when we undergo a spiritual identity crisis. It is a very concerning thing to me. And in the past couple of months, in two different conversations that I've had with two different members of the church, how they have said to me that that name Christian has become so watered down and so blasphemed by those who claim to be Christians in the world that they no longer want to introduce themselves to non-Christians as Christians. And as they explained to me, it's not because they're ashamed of Jesus. It's not because they do not believe in Jesus, but what they mean is that when the unbelieving world hears that word Christian as we meet them, for a lot of people, what is registering in their minds is, oh, those are those miserable people who hate everybody's sins but their own. That's that group of people who who goes to other countries and are very generous to the poor, but, but if those same exact poor people in other countries were to come to America as refugees or as immigrants, they would hate their guts. They would demand that they leave their country at once. And I'm at the point where as I'm meeting people, I, I'm not really saying Christian either. I think a much better way of saying that is, well, I'm someone who is learning how to love people like Jesus does. Or that I am a person who aspires to live like the real Jesus of the Bible lived. Or perhaps the greatest introduction and description of all as to who we are as the people of God is that I am a sheep in the arms of my shepherd, Jesus. My brothers and sisters, we need to reclaim our identity. Is that I am a sheep, and the Lord is my shepherd. And that's because sheep is not a slur. Sheep is a synonym for Christian. And now we come to the table of the Lord made ready for all of those who love him and for all of those who want to love him more. This is a table that has been made ready for all of those who have tried to live for Jesus and who have failed. See, it's a beautiful thing because every single time that we break the bread and that we drink the cup, this is a celebration of the reality that Satan was defeated at the cross that we win and that we are winning the battle because of Jesus. Let us understand that at this very second in time, Jesus 
Our risen Savior, our Shepherd, is communing in our midst. And so this is the body of Christ that has been broken for you and for me. The blood of Christ, shed for you, shed for me. Look at all of these sheep.